Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's that? I've shaved and everything for the show. This is like, it's showtime, baby. Well, well, welcome back, everybody. Steve is Steve is shaved for the show, as you just heard. As a, as, a, as we've come in as we've come in early. Um, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you know what we don't do normally because you know now that we're using the Zoom calls, I I, I don't like uh, you know the, I, I the intro is kind of like just happening naturally, so I don't really know what we're going to talk about. But my hope for this episode, everybody, is that we're going to talk about. Lockdown fatigue, Woo. but I also I also want to talk to Steve uh, about uh, Trump's press conference last night. I don't know if you watched it or not. And then <laughs> finally, finally, I want to talk about. Well, I I, I watched the Waco uh, miniseries last night, so I did want to talk a little bit about. Okay, uh, yeah, you have cult, to tell me about that. Cult, I don't know cult. what it is. I will say you did get me on me and the misses onto Caliphate, so we're on that boat oh. at the moment. Okay, so no spoilers then. Let's start with Caliphate, because Caliphate is similar in a way. You know? Okay, the, right. Cultish. I'm, well, you know, I mean, the, just the, just the, the, uh, the moldability of the human mind uh, to, to leadership and to, to crazy idealistic uh, goals oh, absolutely. is pretty fascinating. What, what episode are you on on Caliphate? I'm literally only halfway through episode two, so like uh, very, oh, wow. very... Well, what's ready. your feeling? Is your, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, addictive, right? It's addictive. It's intense. It's also... Um, it's really well made. It's interesting how all the things that go viral that people are talking about, like Tiger King or whatever like that, which is obviously it was what it was. But this uh, Caliphate is so well written and so well made. It's interesting that people don't talk about that, but it's really, you can, you feel straight away from the way that it's shot and the dialogue and the, and the plots, the plot lines and everything was like, oh, this is, this is a proper fucking TV show here. Like, this is good. Yeah, well, the, the Scandinavians have done some good ones. The oh, bridge, amazing. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the other one that was amazing that I watched? The Killing. Uh, no, the Killing. <clears throat> killing. Uh, both of them remade. Yeah. Uh, not as not as good by American companies. The girl with the dragon um, tattoo. The original one. I m- I remember watching that. I was in West Cork for a couple of days, and like I think each film is two and a half, three hours long. But the original, the Swedish version of the girl of the dragon tattoo is just pff, next level. It's amazing, amazing. Yeah, what is it, Naomi Rapace or whatever? Oh my god! I mean, I, I, I can't. I think I guess I watched the first one and then I read all the books. I read the oh, first you read one them? again. Okay, and cool. Yeah, they're supposed to. Be I, I read them way because better. I loved. I loved the. I loved the movie so much. Wow! Wow! Um, and then. Then I watched the the movies, or or I can't remember if I watched. Anyway, I've, I've, I read all the books. I, I never I, I never watched the the American version. No, I haven't watched with it either. Rooney Rooney and, Mara. And weird, interesting one. The the main girl who I don't remember her name in the Swedish one. Um, the, the the character or the actress? The actress. Uh, oh yeah, it's Naomi Rapace. I is that okay? Yeah. So I got I'm pretty to, sure. Don't don't quote me. I got to work at an event in the famous kind of like they don't like it being called a shopping center, but in London, you know Liberty, you know that. Um, kind of big fancy shop place or whatever. Yeah, department store. Department store, exactly. Sorry. So yeah, uh, oh yeah. We I still have a pair of shoes I bought there like thirteen years ago. Nice, so cool, so cool. But um, 
she was do she was launching her perfume line and they hired the restaurant that I was working in to uh do the food for it. So yeah, I was there and I was like the head waiter for it, <laughs> serving the serving the table. It was like so cool to be there. So there was literally 50 people at a table eating this amazing food and it was all for the launch of her perfume, of course of which we got a free bottle. What was it called? I don't know. <laughs> Dysfun- dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I remember it was very sweet. That's all I remember. The my, the, um, the worst bit about that was the the food the food was coming from a separate room and we had to move all these tables around and they had dropped the the lamps. Sorry, the lamps were like really low lying and because we were in a panic, you have to remain calm out the front. Obviously, like you know what you're doing, but we were one dish short and I was sprinting back in to get the last dish ran straight through one of the lamps <laughs> glass everywhere like and oh my god i had to keep going i didn't i didn't cut or anything so it was like keep going give me another duck dish it goes straight through and then obviously you're out the front and you go now madam there you go there's your duck <laughs> <laughs> that's like straight up scene from a totally. you know from a movie totally. like a, a restaurant opening movie it's yeah, the big yeah, day yeah. the critic the critic is in yeah, like yeah. ratatouille yeah yeah one of my favorite scenes ever in a cartoon is the moment when the critic tastes the, the ratatouille for the first time and he immediately goes back to his childhood you know oh yeah yeah yeah, did, did you, did, yeah. <laughs> it's like what a movie it's so funny great movie i love ratatouille man fantastic cartoon so anyway um well maybe we might talk about some cult stuff at the end cool uh but but so you didn't watch you didn't watch trump yesterday you're not up to date on 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 trump i've I, to be honest with you i'm, I'm not because so people are getting <laughs> so angry and the stuff that he's coming out with i just find it not great for, for my head but he the, the guy is ridiculous so no i didn't see what he said yesterday what what did he say well here's the big updates that i would be ranting about on my own if you weren't sitting in front of me <laughs> so fox news and trump have stopped mentioning hydroxychloroquine I, I, are you are you up to date no, on that no, story no go on tell me i'd say most well, people you, in ireland aren't to be fair so you'll have to update us all this cannot be true, Steve, because the amount of people that message me oh, really? about Trump okay, is... is <laughs> and actually, my friend who doesn't follow me on Instagram, like he's not... He's, he's, he's my friend for, since 1994. Right. Uh, every time we talk on the phone, he is angrier than me about Trump. Jeez. So some people are... Some people well are watching Trump. Okay, okay. So don't don't blame all of Ireland for the fact that you are not engaged with the most important story. Of the but it's court. but it's a it's a conscious choice. Like I've I've done it on purpose because because the first no, two no. weeks of the lockdown, I was just too fucking you know I was going down the rabbit hole, bro. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So Trump was pushing hydroxychloroquine very heavily, like as if this was going to be the thing that I did not solve. Sorry, yes, that's right. He was pushing yes. this specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Fox was really pushing it hard, particularly Laura Ingram. I mean, Sean Hannity was doing it too, but. Anyway, they were all basically pushing it. And then they were also beginning to sort of push this narrative that the left were against hydroxychloroquine because Trump had pushed it, right? right? Which was nonsense, of course. The the majority of the world's media was saying, can we just wait and see if this actually works? But, you know, I, my, if my, my amateur, my layman's opinion is that Trump was like basically betting it all on, on a number on the roulette table thinking if this hits, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And if it doesn't hit, I'll pretend that I, I wasn't really pushing it in the first place like he always does. And now the studies are just coming back over and over. Limited effect, possible dangers, you know, all the things you would expect from from the fact that this was just one of like 20, 30 drugs that they were trying to see if it had any e- efficacy on treating the coronavirus. And like, 
of course, the press the press do their best, but sometimes I feel like they don't push Trump too hard on something they know he's just going to freak out about because then they just get nothing from him. Yeah. But uh, Fox News, Trump, they've all just kind of stopped talking about it, even though it's like, I feel like in any other country, it would be fucking a major scandal so ha- that Trump was... So what has happened? That They're both... Advertise, or they're not advertising. Well, essentially, they are. They keep talking about it, keep talking about it, about the benefits that they think this drug is going to happen. And all of a sudden, they've just stopped talking about it. Well, yeah, they've had to stop talking about it because now the evidence is that it doesn't fucking work. So, who brought out that evidence? There was, there was numerous studies coming out. Right, but okay. The biggest study so far. I mean, there's been, there's been little tidbits of information suggesting that the early excitement about hydroxychloroquine was unfounded. Yes. Uh, and did Fox report they stopped, that? They stopped, they stopped using it. The, the news part of Fox reports it. And then Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz, who was another big pusher of hydroxychloroquine, had to fucking egg on his face, just gently say, I think we need to stop pushing hydroxychloroquine and wait for the double-blind studies to come out because there's too much data. It's too confusing. But of course, he was saying that on Fox and Friends. So Fox and Friends weren't like, hey, how yeah, do you yeah, feel yeah. about the fact that we were all fucking, we were all in behind this drug and yeah. now we look like fucking idiots? Yeah. You know, because it was all anecdotal. I mean, Trump literally a week ago was like, this woman, you know, she's a Democrat uh, Democrat uh, state senator and she took it and she thanked me for saving her life because she took it and she was fine. I mean, th- that that was literally... What Trump was saying a week ago. Yeah, yeah. And now now it's just like, you know, and, and don't forget, Trump was, you know, Mario, Mario, Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo said, you know, that they had bought a lot of hydroxychloroquine as a kind of a just in case, what have we got to lose? You know, they yeah, people, a lot of this drug was bought all over the world because Trump was pushing it. And it's it's fucking it's useless. And what's the what's the connection with him? And the, does he know somebody who owns the company or or what's? I'm the not. Conne- you know, the New York Times tried to get into that. Right. I, I don't think that. I, I honestly, I don't think that was the motivation. I think the motivation is that Trump, which which you can see if you watch the press conference yesterday, Trump from the get go has constantly tried to play down the seriousness of the virus of course, because yeah, he, yeah. even though he keeps losing, in terms of his playing it down. At every turn, he feels like the virus being bad is bad for him, so he tries to act like it's not going to be bad, yeah. right? Which has been a, which has been a terrible strategy from the get go because he played it down, didn't take action, made it worse. Then when it was terrible, he he's tried to reopen too quickly, which is definitely going to make it worse. And one of the ways that he was trying to suggest that we don't need to do as much mitigation as was because hydroxychloroquine is going to work right. and we're going to have shut down the economy for nothing mm. you know so he had all these pie in the sky hunches and you know he has hunches all the time like every, one out of every 10 times one of his hunches is right and then they all just focus on that as if he's some sort of fucking genius and they just ignore all the other shit that he keeps messing up are they connecting this to the protest that people are having against the lockdown as well? Is like, is that fueling it? Fox News is fueling the protests, hundred percent. Or if you watch Fox News now, it's not hydroxy. Well, first of all, all the protesters—they're all big hydroxychloroquine people. Of course, I, yeah. I even—I I know a guy out here who's a hydroxychloroquine guy, and when I met him like two weeks ago, he was just like, you know, the the there's a conspiracy again, hydroxychloroquine, like the whole, you know, in the Trump people's minds, it feels like they feel like the whole world is on lockdown to to get at Trump. Right. You know they they can't t- they can't take it out of the orbit of Trump is a shit leader, so they have to act like all this, you know, lockdown, mitigation, the world economy tanking 
is all people want that because they want to get rid of Trump. And that's right? that's, that's super like, scary, scary stuff that a whole like so, such a large part of a whole nation can actually think that because I mean I mean I'm watching and listening to different podcasts and different US podcasts and and, and some people who you think are educated are genuinely getting they don't seem to see the bigger picture of what's going on in the world there's some people only now kind of going yeah this is kind of bad isn't it and it's just like this pandemic is kind of bad and it's just like no shit what have you been reading what have you been watching but yeah and you know obviously you know so so at the press conference just to, just to give an example of the the paranoia and the way that fox spins it right because yeah. fox fox is going to have a lot to answer for when this is all over because it's one thing to have this divisive CNN versus Fox kind of two alternative narratives. That's kind of fine when it's about things that aren't as serious as this. But it's not fine in relation to this because, unfortunately, they took this opposing position to taking this thing seriously, mm. which is basically that we're all overreacting and the cure is worse than the disease. I've been saying it over and over on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, the cure is worse than the disease has been the Fox News take, right? Yeah. And... That's where the protests are coming from. The protests have, have have been pushed by this thing that the cure is worse than the disease, and then it sort of drifted into this liber- our liberty and our rights. You can't take away our liberty and our rights, yeah. you know. But if you look at the the protesters, it's clear that they're all Trump people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, Trump comes out yesterday, right? You know, so so how Trump spins it is. That it's the fake news media, right? So he's been three years pushing the concept of fake news. So why would anybody listen to CNN, MSNBC, or even just ABC, CBS? Yeah. You know, yeah, you watch yeah. a great journalist from CBS, ABC. They, they've been fucking the best questions to Trump at the press conference have actually come from like the network news. Yes. Uh, uh, so why did they, they, they can discard all of Trump's terrible answers to these really simple questions by saying, it's all fake news. So if everything that's good for the benefit of humanity is fake news, then they don't have to listen to it. So the, the fake news of yesterday was the, the CDC director, uh, Redfield, said to the Washington Post that it's going to come back in the autumn. And when it does, it's going to be more complicated because the flu and the coronavirus are going to be there at the same time. So he said his quote was even more complicated, right? So the Washington Post runs the story with the headline, CDC director says that uh, the second wave of coronavirus in the autumn will be more devastating, right? So, of course, they all fucking jump in on, uh, you know, they all, the, all, the, the, all the media jump in being like, you know, this is only the beginning, it's going to be worse. So Trump comes out at the beginning of the press conference yesterday, and he's like, fake, this is fake news. I just want, I've got CDC Director Redfield here, and he's going to point out that he was misquoted, and, uh, you know, this is typical fake news. You know, it might not even come back in the autumn. That's what he was like. He was like, it might not, yeah, even, yeah. It might, it might not even come back. It, <laughs> might, I, I, it might not even come back. I, wait. So, so, uh, so he brings out Redfield, right? And then Redfield comes out and says, no, what I was saying was it's going to be even more complicated, right? So, so... So then one of the journalists is like, so, so let, let, let me just read out the quote to you. Did you or did you not say this? He reads out the quote verbatim. Yeah. Redfield goes, yeah, that's what I said. And then he goes, so, so we're just, let's just make clear, you haven't been misquoted. Yeah. Right? And he's like, no, I haven't been misquoted, but the, the headline was misleading. <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, oh, so even more complicated and more devastating. These are, th- th- these are, these are that far yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like this, is such a, this is such a fake news 
fucking move away from the norm. Yeah. No, but Trump Trump takes all information about the coronavirus being bad as an attack on him, which has always been the problem. So when you know, so when the, the CDC officer is there going. Uh, basically confirming the fact that he wasn't mis- misquoted. It, Trump is standing to the side, and, and what's he doing? Is he? What? Well, he's thinking, Trump is so deluded, he's probably thinking like, well, we've cleared that up, yeah. right? So then even worse than that, do you know what's even worse than that, right? So he's done this before. He did it to Fauci, too. He made Fauci come up and sort of sort of walk back yeah. something he said, because it's so it's so insane that Trump would take it personally that the CDC director said it's going to be worse in the autumn. That's what's so crazy because that's not even a criticism of Trump. Yes. It's actually completely independent yeah. of what Trump had done. Yeah. Trump could have done the best job ever and the director could have said that it had nothing to do with Trump. That's the virus. Yeah, the yeah. fucking virus come back in the autumn, it's nothing to do with you. You know, but he takes it personally and he tries to use that as a way to attack the media. See, he's constantly trying to discredit the media because then all the criticism of him can be thrown into the big fake news bucket, which is a, a straight out of the dictator's handbook. Uh, so what's even worse is afterwards on CNN, Anderson Cooper points out that Redfield retweeted the fucking article that night, last night. Oh, sorry, not last night, because not, not, this was, you know, the article came Give out. Day, yeah. um, the article came out Tuesday evening, I guess, online, right? So on, on, on Tuesday night, Redfield fucking retweeted it. Or maybe it was Wednesday morning. Either way, Redfield retweeted it. Wow. Great article with the fucking headline on it. No problem at all. Then he has to come out to try to cover Trump's ass and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's like it's a fucking it's a total con job. And none of the people that are protesting against the lockdown see this at all. They obviously don't see this narrative at all. Well, listen, they're going to these people are going to pay a price because there there's clearly going to be a spike because the problem with the problem with these people is they have failed to accept that until we have a vaccine or at least a treatment that we know works, the only weapon we have against the virus is to slow the spread. Yeah. They can't they can't get that through their heads. And when you add then this sense that this is a leftish conspiracy, against our rights, our liberties, and against President Trump, uh, then it's easy for them to just rise up and be like, well, we're not going to stand for this. Yeah. Now, obviously, he's doing, like the, he's doing most of this because the election is coming up, isn't it? Like, he's just continues. Oh, it's 100% yeah. related to the election. So, I mean, and when's it, when's it happening? November. November, right. Yeah, this is all related to the fact that Trump knows that the coronavirus is bad for him. Yeah. But the, the hilarious thing is that all he had to do was take it seriously from the get-go, yeah. and it would be great for him. Yeah. Because every world leader that's done a good job is more popular than they were before. Oh, totally. But, but unfortunately, he's such an idiot. You know, he, like, he has just chosen... Because he, he's been bad from the beginning. But, you know, obviously, people don't want to admit that. But he completely is useless as a leader. Mm. And he's being shown up here. But all he had to do was be a leader. And he'd be more popular than he was, but he can't do that because how can you run a country when all you care about is yourself? Yeah. It's, and it's, and all, it's, all Joe Biden has to do is say nothing, basically. It's not just let him hang himself. Well, that, that, that would be a good strategy from Joe Biden yeah. because he's, uh, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been the most articulate. Now, interestingly enough about Joe Biden, which I didn't know, and somebody who probably leans more towards the Trump side, I was on a podcast with the other day. And he was sticking up for Biden, saying what a lot of people don't know is that Joe Biden has a speech impediment, oh. which I never knew. Right, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, and often people with a speech impediment, when when they get jammed up with a speech impediment, they can go off track. Yes. Now, I, I haven't actually Googled this in the meantime. I should have Googled it. But it does make sense. Now, I, I, I'm no expert on speech impediments, but if, and I don't think this is the only thing going on with Joe Biden, but if uh, it turns out Joe Biden has a speech impediment and suddenly he became quite, you know, honestly, since the coronavirus crisis, he has become like not that great at speaking. And I was thinking that I'm only going on Daniel Kitson now, but Daniel Kitson has a very bad speech impediment, but it never comes out on stage or certainly hardly ever. He gets up, he does stand up. He almost never has his uh, speech impediment, Mm. but he does have it when you're chatting to him normally. Mm. So I was thinking that because Joe Biden has never lived through Zoom and done all his sort of public speaking uh, through social media and the way that he has to do it now, I was thinking that perhaps his his speech impediment is worse because of this alternative. You know, suddenly he's not in the the areas that he's used to. But I, you know, there's also don't quote there's, me on there's that. also the element of because um, I know uh, comedian Aidan Green here who's done a lot of stand up comedy shows about uh, having a speech impediment, and he would say how when it was really bad, you would be thinking way before you're going to say a sentence, you'd be thinking of all the options of saying it differently, saying what it is that you want to say differently so that you don't have to come across a word that you normally trip over. So say if he had a... If so he, you're not really thinking about what you're saying. You're thinking about... yeah. You're thinking about other ways of saying... what, Yeah, other ways of doing it, which means that you your, your point might be different, you know what I mean? Because you want to avoid a word starting with F, for example. or So your mind starts to think in those ways. Um, and then obviously, then it will take you off track as well. So... Um, yeah, yeah so, super uh, interesting, all right. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's articles about are a lot of his gaffes related to his speech impediment. Right, okay. Um So, they'd be curious. Yeah, be be, be curious to explore that more. I won't get into it now, mm. but but anyway, I I'm no I'm no massive Joe Biden fan. Well, I I you know, I I think Joe Biden's a fine a fine man, but I I just wish what I was actually saying on the on that podcast was that and maybe we talked about this but I just think it's very unfortunate that the the, the American political situation is like essentially a two year nomination process you yeah. know like the sort of the chatter begins uh 2 years from the election and then it gets it gets serious uh you know like a year and 3 or 4 months out from the election yeah. and then you have this long drawn out process of primaries and the whole world can change in the meantime and never has that been more apparent than now yes of course so the whole world has changed yeah and you know, I always thought the Democratic field wasn't amazing, but there were some good politicians in there. But I just didn't feel like they were gonna they were gonna get like a national profile, yeah. which they didn't. They all dropped out. Uh, whereas now, there's like definitely two or three, you know, uh, Democratic governors that you would be like, wait a minute, these guys are these guys are no joke. They're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. Bill yeah. Murphy, uh, Andrew Cuomo, and Inslee in Washington. And Inslee was actually in the early primaries. He was like one of the first guys to drop out. And now he's the, one of the most successful states. Washington State had the first deaths. And they've had very, very little. You know, they, they've, they've mitigated really well. Okay. Like He's like a good leader. And he's mm. like really articulate. And I would take uh, any of those three. You know, I would definitely take Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar was there until quite late. And she's like, I was watching her on the TV the other day. And like, it's just like, oh, please just give me this capable yes. Ivy League educated woman yeah. who would just fucking shit all over all these problems. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I know it's very American. I mean, I, I, I know it's all American politics, but people are very, uh, they're, they're quite into it, I think. Yeah, totally, because it's, there's definitely a big um, connection between Ireland and the US and all that, but there's, also it's so different. It's, it, for me, it's always been American politics is, is so scary how big of a country that it is. And you only have these two options going all the time, and like there's no complexity in it, and it's, ah, it's scary. What's the shit. vibe in Ireland about Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael becoming? It's it's um it's been um sorry one second. I might have, do you want to pull that door shut? Yes. I think we have a sleeping baby or something. Anyway, um, it, it's it's all been kept a little bit hush hush to be honest with you, because it's kind of it's all going under the radar a little bit. There's there there was much more of a buzz. When the results of the election came through, and it was a, uh, it was um, Sinn Fein had done so well that that there was a, there was a huge buzz, but it's all happening a little bit under the carpet now. There's if you're politically aware, if you're watching the political situation in Ireland, you know exactly what's going on. But the majority of people, well, it's the end of civil, it's the end of civil war politics, man. It's the end of the nonsensical divide between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, yeah. which was always about the Civil War. They're, Total they're, they're, they're the same. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They're the same. Um, I think it's good. I think I think that, you know, uh, Sinn Féin will settle in as the center-left opposition. Um, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael will eventually become one party, center-right party, and the the Irish political system will finally shed the uh, the remnants of the Civil War, and then it'll take another few generations before Sinn Féin <laughs> sheds the remnants of the trouble. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be another while for that, all right. But yeah, I agree. Like every of the three main political parties in Ireland right now, all three of them were born out of violence. Totally, the, the whole the whole state is is formed on violence. Like you know, so to, to have this whole. I, I, people's ideology towards Sinn Féin, to me anyway, is just like so hypocritical. If you're a Fine Gael or but Sinn Féin or scum kind of a thing, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. we're all coming from the same place, bro. <laughs> you know. But I think for Sinn Féin personally, because they didn't run enough candidates, the scenario of being the main opposition party against Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael uh, is, for their long-term survival is probably the best case scenario. And Mary Lou... Definitely. Mary Lou seems to really be starting to to show herself to be like a, a proper leader. So I, I I think that this this the coronavirus in a way is helping to reshape Irish politics because you had this this fucking explosive election where it was clear as day that politics as normal was gone. Yes, but unfortunately it was a stalemate. Right, it was going to be impossible for them to form a government. And Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael were really always going to be the only option. But how do they, they sort of they, sell it to their... They still need to negotiate with other people as well, because the two of them yes, together are still st- not enough, yeah. I saw that, yeah, I saw that. Well, but, but what's interesting is that they can't... Uh, they couldn't really... It was very hard to sell to their supporters the concept of this being a good idea. But because of this national emergency, yeah. as a result of the coronavirus, they can just hide it under the umbrella of, this is what's necessary to get us through this crisis. Ah. So in a way... The coronavirus has been the thing that's, you know, been crazy enough to allow Irish politics to do what it's needed to do for what I think is at least a decade. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael joining as one. Yeah, totally. And and the option of of Sinn Féin being in the majority of the opposition is good because anyone who's gone into coalition, like Labour, for example, or the Progressive Democrats back in the day, you know, when they went into coalition with the bigger party, they they basically collapsed. They lost all their supporters because when things didn't happen the way that Labour supporters wanted, they all went, up yours, I'm going yeah. to Sinn Féin. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, you know, Labour got shafted. And Labour really got shafted on that one, you know, because totally. that was like... 
that was the most difficult time to be in power, trying to save the nation after the economic crash. And, you know, it's all well and good to just take these populist opinions and be like, they did a terrible job, but it was a fucking terrible yeah. job to get. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, totally. like, it's just so easy to just be like, they did this and they did that. And, it, you know, it's important to be critical, but for Labour to have been wiped out as a result of their attempt at saving the nation, it's it's quite unfair. But at the end of the day, that that is what happened. And that is, Sinn Féin has none of that baggage. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, Labor eventually gets absorbed by Sinn Féin, or certainly anybody who would have been a traditional Labor person, they will gravitate towards Sinn Féin now. Well, certainly, that seems to be what has happened in the in the recent election. Um, yeah, Labor have been decimated, but um, yeah, interesting few years ahead. Anyway, so you were telling me, but when we were starting that, there was a story behind why you're not in the toilet. Sorry, yes, because we thought that today's podcast, because the timing wise, that I was going to be having to report live from the loo but um because it's usually my daughter's nap time but we had a bit of a, a session yesterday where i've been spending a lot of time probably unhealthily it's probably not a good lockdown thing to do but i go down the youtube hole of watching food videos when i'm in bed and you're like just drooling in bed when you say food videos you mean like 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 recipes and stuff yeah just all these like there's, you know, there's a whole TV series on pizza alone on Munchies, like you know, just oh, on really? pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going, I was down the um, the burger hole yesterday, watching loads of burgers, salivating for the last couple of nights. So I found this one way of doing them that I was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go make these burgers. Went down to the butchers, got a load of uh, the right beef for it. I made the burger buns from scratch, and then was. Made, you made the burger buns from scratch? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, made all of it You're from... So oh, it was hardcore. Check them out on Instagram there. Oh, they were fil- filthy burgers. Um, so, we ate them. <laughs> we ate them. So, there's me, my girlfriend, and my daughter in the house. And I make the first one for the Instagram story or whatever like that. But you're tasting it as well and kind of going, oh, the bread's right. Yeah, just the right amount of cheese, maybe some more onions and blah, blah. So me and the girlfriend are tasting it and the and my daughter's tasting it as well. But I keep making them as well. And by the time we finish tasting, oh, I hadn't made this secret burger sauce as well. By the time we finish tasting, you're like, oh, we got, we've got to eat dinner as well. So then I make the burgers each. So we all have tasted probably a couple of burgers already. Then we have the burger for dinner with chips as well. We ate... Uh, 600 grams worth worth of beef <laughs> the buns as well chips and everything and we are absolutely stuffed like I can't walk last night I was like oh I think I'm going to be sick my girlfriend has to go and make herself get sick because we ate too much right oh my god she has a poo my daughter won't go to sleep it's like 11 o'clock at night and she's rolling around in her bed chatting away blah blah blah, blah. so I'm lying with her in her bed while her mummy's downstairs having a poo and uh, next thing my daughter's chatting away to herself and I said to her who are you talking to? And she kind of sits up with her hair coming over her face. And she goes, shh, daddy, no talking. I was like, what's going on? I, she said, where's mommy? I said, she's downstairs having a poo. She says, two of us are having a poo. <laughs> no way. She shatters down? So she's having a big shit in her nappy, right? But oh, this, she's still in nappy. Oh, she's still in nappy. Yeah, yeah. But this is oh. way past her. This is at 11 o'clock at night. So because she was up all night, up so late last night having a shit, she didn't get up till 10 o'clock this morning. So nap time is pushed on to later and all that stuff. So anyway, they're out and about and we've all been trying to have poo. But if she knows she's taking a shit, would she not be at the stage of like going to the loop? We haven't uh, talked to her mother. She can go. 
I don't know why we haven't got her. We we should be spending this time together, potty trained, but she just hasn't. T- Apparently, there's all these natural ways of doing it that the the missus wants to do. But <laughs> she, she's very. She, I tell you right now that th- those eyebrow raises are going to get you in trouble. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Hopefully, she just listens to it. She doesn't watch it. But <laughs> I, I just landed. But you she uh, she. Um, <laughs> My, she's very specific about her. My daughter will, like, from a young age, loads of people are watching who have kids. I'm sure they do the same thing. When they're having a poo, they don't want anyone looking at them. They don't want anybody moving. They're, stop moving, stop moving, shh, no noise, you know. And they have to go behind something, you know. So she goes behind the TV or she goes behind the bed or whatever like that. Shh. Yeah, so surely she's ready to be party trained. Totally, totally, bro. Totally, but we do have to. So, get- so, so, so what's the natural... I don't know. You don't because we ask her like you know you know when you're going to have a wee because she tells us when she's going to have a, a wee. We go, you know, why don't you go do it in the toilet? And she's like, nah. I'm like, do you not want to do it like mommy? Nah. <laughs> so, but apparently, all you have to basically all you have to do is let them run around all weekend with their nappy off, and when they're going to the toilet, you run over and bring them to the toilet or whatever. So anyway, uh, it's not. Yeah, a, I haven't had to do that. I I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to house train Becky. Yeah, because she already knew. I got all. She was already house trained. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Amazing. And it's a pity that you can't just give your daughter a treat every time she pisses in the toilet and have it be done in a well, couple this is of all, days. This is, all part, <laughs> this is all part of the natural training. You're not supposed to say, well done, because it's natural. <laughs> I don't know, bro. So praise is, pra- that, praise is no longer holistic? <laughs> yeah, like even stuff like, for example, my daughter will go like, I, I want to go on TikTok. You know, sometimes we'll play on the, we'll watch the TikTok or we'll do the face filter. She likes to do that. So I do it with her for yeah. five minutes from time to time. But then if her mom wants her to go wash her hands for dinner or whatever like that, or whatever it is, I'll go, look, we can watch TikTok, but why don't you go wash your hands and then we'll watch TikTok. And then she does it and she's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she, But apparently... Other people disagree with this uh, reward system, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, would you... F- really? But the, the, uh, listen, I, I don't have children, but I've been around a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh, which sounds like the beginning of Trump saying, look, I'm not a doctor, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of yeah. But from what I can see in every single uh, child that I've seen raised in my adulthood, yes, negotiation is the whole fucking process. It's All I see my I, I I literally feel like they're 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 on uh the the trading room floor all day just like negotiating yeah. nonstop. That's what parenting is. Yeah, and but also it, I think it gives you good life skills as well because when you when you do grow up and you are older you do realize, you know, if you put the work into this then you get that and you don't you know it you know it teaches you, you know, work as well and you have to do things to get to get reward and stuff like that but my, I don't know what my girlfriend's attitude is just like you know you have to wait till she's in the middle of her tantrum you know you have to wait till she's feeling right and then we'll talk about it until she wants to do it and all this I'm like fuck that like. I mean I guess I can understand that in the sense of you know you, you, you don't want them to have any association between the tantrum and getting what they want yeah right yeah 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 I guess I can understand that part no totally but at the same time but before that like rather than getting into the tantrum or the argument or the like my girlfriend definitely struggles with being firm with my daughter like i'll just say no and that's it <laughs> you know what i mean but she doesn't want to say no or whatever but i'll say no she go like why do you want that yeah 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 all the fuck knows what the tactic is anyway we should probably talk about it as opposed to me talking on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> But sounds like a conversation you need to have with the mother of your child. Tell me about it, yeah. Well, that's the that's the lo- that's lockdown fatigue, though. You know, get her I'm in, get her in. Let's her. work it out right now. Get her in. 
<laughs> any, advi- any advice from the listeners, send us messages and uh, tell us how, how do you negotiate. That's, that's a fair play to you, man. I mean, it's not easy, you know. All that stuff is so tough. Like, And, I, and you know, my, uh, my cousin raised her child on her own, mm. which is so tough. Yeah. Um, but every now and then we would have chats and she'd be like, the one good thing is I've never had to argue with my... <laughs> I've never had to argue with my cousin. It's fucking my way or the highway. I've never had yeah, anybody, yeah, yeah. you know. Totally, totally. Because we've we've definitely, my girlfriend and I have definitely had completely different uh, upbringings the way that our parents parented to, towards us. But what she's doing is like reading a book and then this is the way to do everything kind of a thing. It's just like, fucking, <laughs> you know. Uh, so there's a, there's a bit of that going on. But um, anyway, we'll... Well, the worst thing you can do is put it out on Instagram because, like, in the early days of Becky, you know, I would just, you know, you'd just be, like, asking a question or whatever. Then people think they're involved in your Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then they think you want, the, they want your opinion. You want their opinion. It's like... Oh, and then, like, everything. Like, any picture I posted, you know, people would be... Like, one 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 time, I was teaching Becky to, to, to stay, yes. right? The stay command. Now... For the record, I had no idea that there was a difference between stay and wait, right? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't know that wait was a, was a separate command. Right. As far as I was concerned, I wanted Becky to, to, to stay until I tell her to come. But it turns out that that's actually like the wait command, and right. then stay is the more important okay. command of no matter what, you stay in that position until you... But I don't know the difference, so I was only teaching her one command, right? So this woman messaged me and says... That's the weight command. You're going to confuse poor Becky. And it's like, I didn't message back, but I was like, I can't confuse Becky with something that I don't know. She's only learning fucking stay. She's only going to get confused when I teach her weight and stay, yeah, and they're exactly. two separate things. Exactly. But I'm not teaching her fucking weight or stay. I'm teaching her stay, one fucking thing, and it's my version of stay. Yeah, exactly. So as it turns out, as it turns out, she's, I'm fostering her, and she has a forever home, which I... Which, uh, I wasn't actually going to talk about today because we've talked for so long. But anyway, she has a forever home. So perhaps now when she goes to this forever home, if this owner teaches her the difference between wait and stay, then maybe that'll be confusing. But as far as I'm fucking concerned, you can't confuse somebody with something you don't know yourself. Yeah, exactly. So fucking stay was going to be a was going to be a all-consuming fucking command mm. for her to not move when I ask her not to fucking move. Fucking hell. So the she- reality is that she, she, she was a great dog, but she was never great at stay. Right. <laughs> Did the cl- does the you clicker know? help with stay or no? That's just for calling. No, no, the clicker's for everything. Okay, the right. clicker. Essentially, the clicker is a, is a substitution for good girl or yes, yes or you know yeah, yeah. The, the 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 reason why uh, trainers think the clicker is good is because it it's clearly a sound that will only be associated with reward. Right. Whereas, like everybody will say good girl to Becky, mm. so it's like. People say good girl to Becky for just like coming up to her and yeah, getting yeah, petted. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, good yeah. girl. So you want to you want a sound that's independent of something that she'll hear or confuse her. And so the click is basically, when I hear the click, I know I've done something good. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, so it, just like um, your child going to the toilet. Uh, yeah, but she can't get you know, the word on it. She's not allowed to get clicked, yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, anyway, fuck it. We could talk about Maybe we'll talk about that next. Day. I don't know if the listeners have any tips in their parenting fucking methods. And yeah, ri- yeah. Risk I like. And I like. I honestly, I, I like a good. I like a good. Uh, I like a good parenting episode. To be honest with you, yeah, to- I'm totally up for it. I mean, 
anyway my 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 kind of personal philosophy is that like i would like to guide her towards the things that she's good at and the things that she enjoys and encourage her in that but also i've got to prepare her for for the world so so that she becomes a person that can negotiate the world on her own and all that kind of stuff but i think it's difficult when her mother's not prepared for the world but i didn't say that (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get in trouble bro you better hope she doesn't listen to this Oh, but I'm joking. joking. Well, let's finish up by just saying quickly, yeah, because I was going to do a thing about lockdown uh, lockdown fatigue because that seems to be a theme. Well, it seems to be a theme that's coming up a lot, Mm. Um, uh, you know, in terms of even governments are saying that they understand that people are getting lockdown fatigue. And there is is actually kind of a compassion about it because there is only a certain amount of time. Mm. So I had put it out quickly on Instagram this morning. The one one thing I did, uh, I got a message back. Well, I haven't checked since, but I got a message back saying that actually... One woman said that she really struggled early on. She had insomnia. She just had a lot of... She just wasn't dealing well with the quarantine, but actually her sleeping's back to normal now and everything in that her, she has basically... She has she has adapted to uh, isolation and, and quarantine, which is something I didn't even think about because I did hear a lot of my friends were telling me that they were having insomnia, that they were struggling with sleep as a result of this yeah, I've heard- lifestyle change, which, of course, me and you didn't get because this is fucking same shit we always Yeah, do. we're kind of used to it, but I, I've heard that from a lot of people, yeah, people not being able to sleep. And I assume it's because you're just not burning up the energy uh, yeah, the, and it's a lifestyle change and different yeah. things. Yeah, who knows? No, I've heard. I was and tra- then I, was I heard a lot to- of people. A lot. Of, sorry, I was going to say a lot of people were having way more dreams. Yes, my girlfriend's been having a lot of crazy dreams, um, and I'm having to wake her up in the middle of the night to go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa you're having a dream. You're having a dream." But she's literally in bed asleep, going, ah, 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 and I have to wake her up and go, "Oh, it's a dream. It's a dream. Wake up, wake up, wake up." Um, but yeah, keep chatting there because actually, I want to Google that about the dreams and and quarantine. Yeah, it's go ahead. It's I I wonder is it down to um. It's like she's she's scared of spiders, so she's having dreams. She's having bad dreams about spiders. But then my daughter woke up last night, and she was having dreams. She sat up in bed, and I went in. So and according I, to, I was like, sorry, go ahead. I was like, what what's wrong? And she's like, Daddy, there's two big spiders. And I was like, You're not scared of spiders. Your mother's scared of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Try to try to stop her having. Oh that stop! Fear. I'm like, I'm not buying into that at all. Because I I, I tell her mother, if you see a spider and you're freaked out, don't freak out in front of her. Just call me and I'll do it, whatever that. So, um, but I was teaching her today that I was like, look, if you see a spider and your mother's scared, then you get rid of it. She's like, yeah, I'm big. I'm big girl. <laughs> right. So let's quickly have a, have, yeah. a, have a glance at this Vox.com article. Now, I know Vox, Vox is super leftist yeah. website. I like Vox, but this is a very sort of neutral topic. So this is uh, why are people having so many vivid dreams right now explained by an expert. The expert for the record. Uh, well, actually, we'll find out. So... Um, uh, as people hunker down. So for those struggling to have a good night's rest or grappling with nightmares, the National Sleep Foundation recommends sticking to a consistent sleep schedule or taking a short 30-minute nap. Meanwhile, others have reported sleeping more and consistent deep sleepers like myself rarely recall the dreams they have. Uh, for sleep, it's the right time to collect dream content. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this on the hoof, so I'm looking yeah, for Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Fire away. It's still good stuff. Uh, so most people have vivid dreams during the re, you know REM cycle, rapid eye movement phase of sleep, and they tend to have longer and deeper REM cycles as the night progresses. If a person wakes up in the middle of a REM cycle, they're more likely to remember their dream content and the details involved. Others attribute this vividness to the emotional and physical chaos many of us are experiencing. Uh, in previous research, scientists have dis- determined that the limbic system, part of the brain involved in emotional 
and behavioral responses are activated during dreams, which are highly bizarre and emotional. Uh, oh, so this is it. Dylan Selterman, social psychologist who runs the Dreams, Relationships, Emotional Attraction, and Morality Lab at the University of Maryland on how something like COVID-19 could be affecting our sleep and our dreams. So I apologize to everybody for reading, but I was just getting to the bit. Uh, so how does stress about, say, a global pandemic affect our dreams? Um, you've probably heard of the con- continuity theory of dreams, which hypothesizes that people dream about the stuff they're thinking about and doing while they're awake. If we feel some degree of stress about the pandemic or about work or family, then it's normal for those type of themes to appear in our dream content. I mean, that doesn't really answer our, our questions. Oh, some researchers believe that dreams have a functional purpose to prepare us for difficult or challenging situations when we awake. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I definitely think there's an element of that's partly why I cut back on the news after the first two weeks because I was becoming stressed even in my dreams. That and I was watching that show on Amazon Prime, Hunter or Hunters, which is... Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Jesus Christ. I've, I, I struggled through the first four episodes of it. it was so to me it was so tense uh, that i was like i was afraid to go to the toilet when i was waking up in the middle of the night but um but but i think what happens is when you when you're on lockdown it's my own personal theory because you're just living in such a tiny world which is your home and two kilometers around it you're not getting on with a day that distracts you from all those thoughts and all those dreams. Like if I was having a normal day, you know, you'd have meetings, you'd be going to coffee shops, you'd be dealing with people, you'd be, you know, your mind is going on so many other different things. But because you've lost the ability to do that, you very easily get caught up in this negative dream cycle or stressy, weird stuff in your head. Yeah, according to uh, Ruben Neyman, a PhD psychologist, a change in one's routine can stir up a dream recall. When waking life is more vivid, so is dream life. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, mm, the, yeah, patients routinely increase dreaming at times like this. Interesting. Anyway, it, it's definitely happening because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, dream recall is very correlated with how many hours of sleep you get and most Americans run around pretty sleep deprived. So I guess a lot of people are sleeping more, which yes. uh, gives them uh, a chance to, to, to have their dreams more. Mm. I can't say if I've, I've remembered my dreams more or not, which probably means, even just saying that out loud probably means that I haven't. But anyway, in terms of uh, lockdown fatigue, I wonder if also uh, there's going to be a problem with um, lockdown adaptation that actually people have become so used to the routine mm. that going back to normal is going to be difficult too. I, I mean, I know I I'm going to have so. a struggle with that. I can't even think about getting on stage right now. Yeah, man, that feels so far away, bro. So far away. I have shows in Phoenix in the middle of May, Phoenix, Arizona. Right. And they're still they're still not canceled. Right. And I, I messaged the club owner yesterday and she wasn't really she's not up in it. She was like, What are your dates again? I'm not in front of my computer. Uh so I, I have to Google my dates. But anyway, I, I I'd be shocked if it's still on. I, yeah. I don't know why people from Phoenix, Arizona would want some guy from New York flying to Phoenix. Yes, of course. Uh you know, from from the fucking hotspot. But if they don't cancel it, I'm 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 gonna have to go, but I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, fuck, that would be weird. But I I I, I, I personally, I would think there'd only be a five percent chance that that gig is not canceled. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, luckily, nobody fucking knows me in the states, so there's no way it's gonna be crowded. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here they they like it's August, the end of August before like mass gatherings will happen in Ireland, um, and I just well, they yeah that that was just. That was the licensing thing. There's actually different uh, 
the that thing that came out about mid-August was for the license for um, for the concert public gatherings stuff like over five thousand. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but what we do is already covered under the. Uh, you know, it's already covered under the what they're doing in terms of no more than fifty people. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, who the fuck knows when that's going to change? That's the thing. But like, the way, it, yeah, we have no idea. And then, like, do they bring it back in? But there's still social distancing. They'll be the worst rooms to play ever. I know. <laughs> There'll be half the numbers and everyone's spaced apart. Like, be be like Edinburgh. No, but I would, I would, I would do it. Yeah, I would do. But it's very, it's very tough to do that because. If if one if a family buys four tickets, yeah, they live together yeah. and they should be able to sit together. That's but true. how the fuck do you police that? Yes. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I I I wouldn't even know where you go. But sorry, have you um have you experienced any uh a, a, any sense of lockdown fatigue? I, I honestly I I haven't really other than I lost all my motiv- my exercise motivation from early on in the in the quarantine. I oh, mean really? I'm really I'm I'm really yeah I'm really not exercising. Oh wow, that's unlike you. Fucking hell. I know. Well, I just, you know, I, I, I had, I was carrying a lot of injuries, and every time I was ramping up the exercise, the injuries were getting worse, and I just kind of stopped exercising. So the, now the I'm back, just really, the back but I'm just getting bad on the peloton again. Yeah, and the, well, my hip, you know, but that's related to my back, you know. So I just, I, I, if the if the peloton wasn't causing me problems, I'd be doing the peloton all the time. But it is causing me problems, and I really am not motivated to do other stuff. Damn I'm, it. I'm really not. So that, that 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 that's the only thing that's happening with me is I would like to be able to sort of change it up a bit in terms of my exercise routine. Have you experienced anything? Um I like I've I've gotten I'm I'm on a pretty strict is the wrong word, but I'm doing I'm in the middle of a like a running program that I'm really enjoying. So I'm on week three of that. So I have gotten good focus on the running and, and back on that again. The only thing that I from lockdown fatigue that I'm a bit like it's like subconsciously freaked out about is not being able to travel again or something because we because we spend so much time on the road we're so used to, you know, every weekend being in different parts of the country or even going over to the UK or like my my girlfriend's family are from Portugal. So we would be over there quite a bit as well. Just the sense of like, when am I going to be able to fucking travel again is huge. And like, I'm feeling a bit claustrophobic in that sense a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can understand that. I, I, I guess because I'm out here, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling mm, that, that too much. Yeah, but I'm, I'm uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I like even... The thoughts of just going going for a long drive or just travel. Like obviously, when you're on the road a lot and you're busy as a comedian, sometimes you're like, "Fuck, I, what I do not to be on a bus or a plane or whatever like that at the moment." But now I'm kind of I'm, I want that again, <laughs> the the sense of being in different places and being able to like pop over to London or go over to Glasgow or whatever. You know, just my, I mean, I say that even just to go into town properly, going to international. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm, I'm starting to yearn for all that stuff. You know? Yes. Yeah. I still have that feeling of when I actually do go to the shop that it's like a big deal. Yeah, it's a, such a big outing. It's such a an ang- uh, anxiety just, like too many. Like I'm walking down the road all the time, going, "Why are they out now? There's too many people out. There's too, many, you know, like an owl one, you know." I bumped into a guy the other day. I was going shopping, and uh, I I bring Becky in the car. She loves the car rides. Yeah. So the guy was admiring Becky. So I was saying, well, actually, Becky needs a, a forever home. This is before the shelter got onto me. Anyway, we struck up a conversation. But there was this moment in the conversation where I had to establish whether this guy loves or hates Trump. Not because I wanted to complain about Trump, but just because I wanted to talk about how we think we're going to deal with this. Yeah. And obviously, the Trump people are like, it's a fucking overreaction. Mm. Did, I, did, I, did I tell you the story about when I went to pick up a Chinese takeaway? Did I tell you that story? No. 
So the, the Chinese takeaway here is still open. It's a restaurant, but they're doing takeaway. But they have a whole setup at the side door. They have a little slot for your credit card and a microphone. And it's all set up. Nice. They're, well played. You know, very, yeah, very coronavirus yeah. pickup, you know. They never talk to you. They put the food in the slot. It's like essentially like a window at, at uh, you know, like a 24-hour yeah, yeah. garage in Ireland. Yeah. So this guy is in front of me and he's you know he's like a typical fucking long island guy a lid we call them like a long island dick <laughs> and uh so he uh he he like does the order and i'm i'm keeping my distance and then he looks back at me and he goes hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Is this what we've been reduced to? I was like, well, I guess just, just for now until we deal with this. And he goes, fucking pathetic. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, dude, you should be fucking delighted. You could still get a Chinese takeaway, yeah. bro. Like, you should be like pathetic. You should be like, thank fuck for this, you know? But, you know, so, so you know, I'm not going to talk about it with that guy. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, that guy is a hydroxychloroquine fucking, the cure is worse than the disease. But anyway, I was talking to this older guy um, who, uh, it was just like, I was like, the whole time I was like dancing around it. And then finally he was like, well, you know, I work in a lab and, you know, this the testing is a fucking joke. And then I was like, yes, he knows that fucking Trump is doing a shit job. <laughs> so then I was just like, <laughs> my daughter loves that one. The amount of those fucking TikTok videos I have to watch. Yeah, man, I, I, I like and then this guy, this guy was 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 fascinating talking about, you know, just the, the, the limitations to the testing. But um, anyway, just if you know, just to just to wrap it up, Steve, if you if you want to look for an amazing journalist, uh, Wei Jia, I think it's Wei Jia Xiong is uh, this. I think she's a CBS reporter, but she's had a few good interactions with Trump. And when she went to ask him a question today, even Trump was like, "Be nice, go easy," be nice, <laughs> before she asked it, right? But she had a great. So she's asking about testing now. Trump, Trump's latest thing is. He talks about how great he did with ventilators. And he says, you guys never talked about the ventilator. You know, so he's basically like, you never praised me for the ventilators. Yeah, 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 it just yeah. shows that you guys are biased, yeah. you know? Like, because Trump is looking for praise for doing his job. It's like, yes, in fairness, like he did get the, they got the ventilators up and running. There was never a shortage of ventilators in the States like there was in Italy, right? Mm. So that was, you know, that ended up being a, a job well done by Trump. Um, you know, in that they managed to, you know they were a bit late to the party, but they did manage to get the the right amount of ventilators yeah. for the for the crisis at hand, right? So she said. So he calls himself the king of ventilators. Trump said, "We we became the king of ventilators." That's what he said. We became the king of ventilators, right? 
So Wei Jiaxiong asked him a question, something along the lines of, I know you keep saying that we all have this testing capacity, but the governors have time and time again said that they don't have all the resources they need to have the widespread testing that is necessary. Why don't you, uh, you know, use the Defense Production Act to get everything that we need so that we can also become the king of testing, right? <laughs> Which is, that's just like such a fucking yeah. cheeky ass Slam way. Dunk. Yeah, yeah, cheeky. Uh, yeah, it's such a, a cheeky ass way to answer the question. So, uh, if anybody is wants to see uh, like the press briefing at its best, look up that uh, that king of, of king of testing question. King of testing, Donald Trump. Brilliant. <laughs> so, um, Steve, I, I think if you don't mind, maybe we we we, we might do another one uh, sooner than normal. Once yes. a, because uh, there's two things that I want to discuss that we didn't get into today, and I and I, I'm just conscious of the time. I um. I want to discuss a bit more about cults. Cults? Particularly, well, yeah, because I watched Waco. Okay. And uh, it's just fascinating about cults. But then this morning I was thinking, have there been any female cult leaders? And so a few people messaged me telling me about them. So have a look. It's very interesting, the whole concept of cults. Waco. Um, yeah, and just all that, you know, and, and and just the whole, you know, narcissism, and you know, it's kind of a little bit connected to Trump too, you know, this this sense of the importance of the the cult of the leader. Uh-huh. Uh, but I also want to talk about the fact that Becky is is going to a forever home and discuss, yeah, man, uh, we yeah, we we left that fostering. So we got yeah, well, yeah, that's a biggie, but you know, the, you, you can't. So so maybe maybe we'll be back uh, sooner rather than later if you're okay with that. Absolutely, let's do it. You know, just go to the bathroom if needs be. Um, and uh to to record so um so thanks very much steve no uh problem. when's the next ha- at, when's the next hello steve-o podcast? hello steve-o's out wednesday so there's one yesterday morning which was uh loads of people have enjoyed i'm not going to do a spoiler for you but we had a trip to the pub believe it or not so um oh brilliant all right a, a well, check sing, out sing song in the pub yeah check out steve's latest episode of the hello steve-o podcast do you find that this helps doing these do you find it gives a boost to that or no oh, absolutely yeah we've got like i i realized from my stats the other day that Actually, only half of my listeners are in Ireland and a quarter of my listeners are in the US. So I'm picking up loads of US listeners. So I'm very grateful for them. And they're supporting me on the uh, on the PayPal donation button as well. So no, I'm very grateful. And oh, the, nice. the guys oh, over in the US seem to be enjoying the show. So it's a bit of crack. It's a very silly show, but um, especially when it's just me and my own. So it's very silly. But people aren't enjoying Great. it. Great. Well, check that out at Hello Steve-O on Instagram. I've been... At Des, I'm at Des Bishop on Instagram. We're just going to leave it here direct. I like just just doing the sign-offs. It's just so nice and tidy to Absolutely. just do the whole show in in the one line. Exactly. Um, so don't forget to give us five stars on iTunes. Subscribe. Share on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube if you're a watcher. Subscribe on YouTube. Tell tell everybody you know wherever you wherever you watch or wherever you listen. Take a screenshot. Tell everybody you know, and um, we'll just get a better chart position, more listeners. And uh, it'll be great. So thanks very much. See you, Steve. See you, man. Take care. Chat soon. Bye, listeners. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 